Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Uh, good morning, listeners. Today is December 3rd. It's Friday. It's blistery out. Uh, you're listening to On Patrol with PPD. And before we get going, we're going to do a check of the weather. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, partly sunny with a slight chance of snow showers this morning, then sunny this afternoon. Blustery, cooler with highs in the mid-30s. Northwest wind 15 to 25 miles per hour. Gusts up to 45 miles per hour this morning. Chance of snow 20%. Tonight, mostly clear in the evening, then becoming partly cloudy. Cold with lows around 20. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour, diminishing to around 5 miles per hour after midnight. Saturday, partly sunny. A chance of snow showers in the afternoon. Highs in the upper 30s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of snow 30%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. All right, and we're back. So as I stated, <clears throat> it is December 3rd, Friday. Um, it is a blustery cold day. I think it's supposed to warm up a little bit coming up uh, later on this weekend into early next week. Um, we're joined in studio today uh, by Lieutenant Traversa, who is running the board. Good morning. Uh, myself, Officer Darren Derby, who is standing in or sitting in uh, for the chief, who is away. And uh, we have a special guest from the Elizabeth Freeman Center, uh, Executive Director Janice Broderick, um, who's uh, we're going to talk about the Elizabeth Freeman Center, which is um, one of our, is it the only? Is it the only domestic abuse? Um, yeah, we're the designated domestic violence program and rape yeah. crisis center for Berkshire County. Yeah, um, so that so that's pretty important, especially for the people of Pittsfield, people of the Berkshires. Um, so we wanted to touch on that, and um, I'll let you start it off. Hi. Well, I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. Um, so let me just begin by talking a little bit about Elizabeth Freeman Center. So we are the program that provides services and leadership to address domestic and sexual violence issues. Um, we are a 24-7 program, which I know you guys can identify with. We have a... Oh. Here we go. We're going to change mics on you. Thanks. Oh, much, See? much yeah. better. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I was wondering why I was yeah, that one, uh, so funny. We'll have to figure out how to hold that one up there. Uh, a little yep. I think it's okay. There we go. So. <laughs> it's much we, better. We <laughs> Make the morning interesting, right? Yep. Really. Yep. So um, we cover the entire county. We have our main offices in Pittsfield, um, and we have offices in Great Barrington and North Adams. We also have folks in four county courts throughout the the county um, to help folks with protection orders and to um, find safety. Would the, the, uh, uh, we call them victim witness advocates? No, or they, that's actually that the what DA's the DA's office. office. Okay. Ours are called safe plan advocates. Gotcha. Okay. And um, they play a very different role. Mm. Um, so we also have um, civilian advocates in the Pittsfield Police Department. Yes, we do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> who, with whom we work very closely, and the Adams Police Department. Um, and then we have someone who's um, cited at different times in Kids Place. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a secure shelter. So we provide services that are kind of adaptable to people's needs. We work with people who are fleeing violence or who have been assaulted. Um, we work with folks who are living with their abusers, and that is happening more and more during COVID. Um, but we can provide, you know, emergency basic needs like food and safe phones and uh, transportation, um, emergency shelter right away. Um, we 
uh, meet people at hospitals and police stations following an attack to help um, support them through the process and provide options. Um, we have specialized access programs to serve particularly vulnerable populations that face particular challenges. We have an LGBTQ access project. We have a, a program that specializes in immigration. We have a homelessness response program. Um, we have um, a disability justice project. Um, we also have different folks who kind of specialize in advocating around economic and housing needs. Um, because that is a primary barrier to safety. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, studies show that people stay longer or return to abusers because they cannot feed and shelter their families. So we provide a lot of advocacy around there. We have a program called Money School, which is very exciting. It helps people kind of develop visions of a new future. Um, they do some group learning um, with peers, and then we provide ongoing individualized supports to help people achieve their, you know, dreams, their goals for financial stability. We have some transitional housing that we can provide um, so people can avoid shelter and stay in homes with their kids. Um, we have a supervised visitation program that's for high-risk um, cases involving family violence, and the, we work very closely with the Berkshire County Sheriff's Department in providing security for that program. Um, I'm, I'm probably missing so That's much. That's a lot. But we That's try to, we have been working really hard to expand options that are available to people because it's, you know, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of sacrifice. And a um, lot of time. And a lot of time to, to you know, escape. Mm -hmm. um, abuse. It's it's a long process. And I know one of the you know misconceptions, I guess you could say, with a lot of people, <clears throat> is they don't they don't understand why it may take years, you know, sometimes decades, you know, it, of an entire relationship where the abuser has really taken control of that person's mind, body, mm -hmm. you know, a mental right. state, and they just. And I think they, it's almost like they suck everything right out of the victim. <laughs> really? And they just, they don't physically control them. It's mentally, I guess. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those programs that you just mentioned, um, you know, definitely um, are something that's, that's welcomed, it's needed. Um, and I know a lot of your staff must, like me as a police officer and, and the lieutenant and those of us on the street, it gets very frustrating for us because we don't understand, I guess, uh, you know, yeah. all of it. So it's really important to have, you know, an organization such as the Elizabeth Freeman Center who has a real uh, robust um, group of, of individuals who specialize in a lot of different stuff. Yeah. You know. And I want to say most of us are survivors. So we get this. We've lived through yeah. this. Um, at least 66% uh, of us are survivors. That's in, and that's true on our board, too. Me meeting the staff. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Ben. So there. you know. Yeah. So you can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we don't tell people what to do. You know, mm -hmm. people can come to us. We talk with people about their options. Folks know their situations best, you know, in addition to all kind of the emotional abuse that's going on and the isolation and the kind of beating down that people um, feel through this process, there's also a lot of fear. And, you know, when people leave, that's when the danger really escalates. Mm. And so, you know, it's really a very complicated situation. You know, no one um, path you know, mm -hmm. is right for everyone. So we don't tell people what to do. People are the, you know, determiners of their future, and uh, we try to support people on their path. And people can call us over and over again. Yeah. Do you, do you think a lot of that, the, is any of the hesitation, does it have anything to do with, um, I guess, uh, just family history? Um, you know, where as a child they've grown up and that's what they experienced with their parents you know and they just thought that hey maybe that's normal or is it is there a chemical imbalance side of this in in the human brain is it you know is maybe one more than the other or something else well i think obviously there can be a history right mm. i mean we know that kids who witness violence who heard suffer violence are more likely to be abusers or victims themselves, you know. So we have um, specialized children's 
counseling services for that because the sooner you can kind of intervene on that the better um, the prognosis for the for whatever but I think um, I think we also have a culture of violence right mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean we still have um, I mean and it's just supported everywhere um, where people kind of and it, and a lot of it has to do with the way we raise our girls and boys but still there's a culture that um, you know people have the right to take control over mm. others I mean when you have phrases like boys will be boys um, as so commonplace that's that's just not okay sure um, what, what do you think is there a percentage or a number that you can put on it um, you know a lot of people they, they Again, a misconception is that, you know, domestic violence, it's women are the victims. Women, women, women. Um, but we know there are men that are victims. Mm-hmm. Um, do you serve them as much? Do you notice that there's more or less, I guess? Well, we, we've been trying for many years to make our services accessible to everyone and welcoming to everyone. I think um, when you look at studies and statistics, women, women are you know, the vast majority of victims. Sure. And the abuse generally takes different forms. Like one out of three women are, you know, can be victims mm. of domestic That's violence. That's a staggering and it number. Us- and it usually involves both severe physical violence, stalking, and sexual assault. It's a little different with men. One in five women will be raped. One in 71 men will be raped. I mean, this can happen to everyone. This is like... (laughs) Sure. Um, And it happens, you know, in same-sex relationships. Mm -hmm. It it happens to everyone. So, um, you know, we've been trying to... We do a lot of training around that. So that, you know, so that we're open to different situations. And I will tell you, you know, over the years, I've been at Elizabeth Freeman Center for 13 years. Nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah, no, I think... It's really horrifying. The lieutenant and I can can say the same thing, that, you know, like, you think you understand the human, you know, but you don't. No. You know, you turn around the corner and you're like, I can't believe that happened. And then at the same breath, you're like, yeah, I guess I I can with everything that I've seen. Yeah. The brutality that people can mm. inflict on those that they say they love is just pretty horrifying. And the brutality that people will accept, mm. you know, um, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, but how much that the human brain, how much trauma that it can take before it's, I guess, before they decide that it's their time. Yeah. You know? Well, we have a long way to go. I mean, people, you know, it's... It takes, on average, seven times to leave an abuser. Whoa. Right? And, and even when um, Diane Patrick was, when Deval Patrick was in um, the governor's, um, Diane Patrick came out as a survivor, right? She was a well-educated person with money, very supportive family. Um, her first husband was abusive. It took her three times to leave, and the third time she ran into hiding. Um, because he was after her. People are always hopeful that things will improve in a relationship. You know, we've all seen the honeymoon mm-hmm. periods, right? Oh, sure. The abuse, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again. The abuse, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again. Um, people are hoping that it will never happen again. So often we hear people come in and say, I just want the abuse to stop. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I know mm-hmm. that that's not yeah. probably going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, just, you know, I'm sure just like your office, you know, we see a lot of this on the street. Um, I can't really say whether our numbers kind of went through the roof during COVID, but obviously um, with domestic violence calls, um, I think they were, they were, they became almost more problematic, I guess, because people were, you know, like everybody knows, you're stuck in the house, where are you going to go? And there's only so much that you can, um, really take of another person even if you're in a in a great marriage or a great relationship yeah. you know there's only so much <laughs> of that too you much can take togetherness <laughs> you know so people you know they oh there's the dog so people lose their minds they you know they lose their patience and um again you know it goes back to the education part you know like how were they um were they ever taught to deal with their stress how did they you know, who was their mentor? Who was the person they looked up to? Was it their father, their mother? And did they witness this? You know, and I think, you know, like you said, the education part is huge. You know, not just the, 
helping their survivor, but it's the how do we get you away from it and stay away from that, I guess. Yeah. But we we need to have a better tools, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. even in the most. And we've been seeing increasingly dangerous cases during COVID. Yeah. We don't have great ways of protecting people. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, there are it, you Truly. are right. You are right. I mean, the laws are not, you know, have they gotten better over the years? Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, I think those of us, again, you know, with you folks and, and those on the street and first responders, you know, we tend to shake our head a lot and go, you know, how does this happen? How, how did, you know, how did this person get back into this relationship when we just dealt with that? You know, and that's, to us, it's very frustrating. Yeah. You know, I can only imagine for, you know, you folks who work tirelessly saying, hey, here we go. We're going to go to court. Um, you know, we have you know, your advocate, and we're going to help you get the restraining order. Um, They're very passionate about it, obviously, because 60% of you are survivors. And you know that, hey, you know, like, this is, we we need to get this, you get it, and then it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work, I guess. Yeah, but we are very clear with people that we will stick with them. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, if if something different happens... um, will still be there so we don't want people to feel ashamed or you know like they failed us which is kind of you know ridiculous yeah i mean i guess we want people to call back sure and and i guess like the system right it takes seven times to maybe you know to really do this so that's it's probably as a whole i guess with everything together um you know maybe if things were a little stronger i guess on one end um Maybe we can lower that down a number or two. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there could be a lot of changes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not only not only is danger a real issue, but mm-hmm. you know, if you have kids, yeah, um, the courts aren't always friendly to a violent survivor. You know, you present differently because of what you were saying sure. before. You go through this years of being torn down. You come into um, the courtroom kind of hysterical. Yeah. And the abuser can be very calm, um, you know, mm. and sensible and, you know, rational. Manipulative. Uh, it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is not a, pl- a fair playing field. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, I mean, we always say that violence is preventable. We need mm-hmm. to start k- teaching our kids mm-hmm. at a very early age about how to communicate constructively. Yeah. Rather than um, through physical action. And there's very little funding for that. There's very few programs that go into the schools. We have a a youth educator staff. Um, We do a lot of work in middle schools and high schools, but just not enough. We should be starting much earlier. And that's where I was going to go with this conversation was, you know, as it comes to outreach and education for that younger uh, you know, especially the adolescent group uh, who are witnessing this daily, you know, um, how do we how do we change that? You know, and what is out there for education? Um, where does the funding come from to support that? Um, you know, we know that, you know, as a nonprofit, it's it's all donations, you know, or grants um, that you can oh, get. Yeah. In, in, <laughs> you know, and those are, uh, you know, we're in a time now where, we're, you know, we talk about defunding the police and you know something that i've always been an advocate for is you know okay how about reallocating money into these organizations so we don't have to get involved you know and um you know that all started i think um you know we talked about it before um shortly after 9-11 i think it was all the money got you know thrown into law enforcement and terrorism and taken out of a lot of the community programs so um hopefully we can turn that yeah i mean we need to start putting money into the front end right yeah yeah because otherwise we have escalating yeah we just become more of a a reactive community um, rather than proactive but we don't we know that there are high levels of violence in schools of course yeah yeah and studies have shown that the levels of violence are even higher in rural schools there was a study Hmm. by the uh, department of ed uh, the Mass Department of Education, um, and it and it shows that rural high schools suffer higher rates of violence than their urban and suburban counterparts. We have a real problem in Berkshire County. Our rates of yeah. violence are very high. Why do you think that is? Is is there something? Is there something pointing to that? Well, I don't, I'm you know pe- people haven't really said, but 
studies have shown that violence in rural communities is more chronic and severe. Mm-hmm. Um, the state just came out with um, some data that shows that out of the all the counties in um, Massachusetts, they named the six counties with the highest rates of violence. Four of them were rural counties, mm. Berkshire, Hampshire, Plymouth, and I forget the fourth. But, um, you know, consistently it shows that. And in Berkshire County, um, we currently have a rate of restraining order filings that's 53% higher than the state average. Whoa. I mean, okay. between one and four of our counties every year, at least since 2014, um, have been in the top 10 reporting Massachusetts communities with the highest rates of rape, forcible Mm. reported rape um, by population. We have a real issue. And we've had a number of murders, right? Do you feel as though, and you don't have to answer this, or you can, and do you feel as though with that staggering number and that percentage for restraining orders, um, that the system itself is... Uh, not so much changing, but developing a better system or uh, treating this more s- as serious as, as it is, as it sounds? Do you, do you think that there's some lack in education when it comes to the ju- judicial part? I mean, if we're at 53% higher, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and, and I could probably vouch, I mean, that's, we see it all the time. We're constantly yeah. delivering restraining orders. Um, do you think that there is a, a long way to go? Or I, oh I'm god, sure. I always think there's a long sure. way to go. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, you know, last year it was fifty-seven percent. I mean, the year before it was fifty-seven percent higher than the state average. The year before that, it was I think thirty-three percent higher than the state average. So there was a big jump. You know, part of that may be because we just have a lot of violence in this community. Mm. The other thing may be that we have a lot of collaboration in this community, too. So I'm kind of hopeful that that also reflects that people are more aware that there's help available. Yeah, sure. So because of the collaboration, um, whether it's with the Elizabeth Freeman Center or more educated first responders um, or any you know sort of uh, intervention that happens during domestic violence that has listen go get a restraining order go get a restraining order and they get a restraining order so uh, maybe that's not the problem the problem isn't that we have too many or there's we've now had an increase in restraining orders maybe it's the issue is is that there's people are so much aware of it now that it's getting over it's overloading the system and now the system doesn't know how to react? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think anytime we have problems in any community, right, whether it's shootings or whether it's robberies, you know, we come up with a game plan and say, okay, how are, how are we going to stop this? But I just, I don't know if I've seen that with when it comes to domestic violence restraining orders. Yeah. You know, like a committee, you know, just to sit down and say, okay, like, what's, why, why do we have this increase and how are we, how are we going to you know, attack this. Yeah, you know, I don't know that the, we should take from the increase that, I I don't know, that the system's not, the system is the system, right? It's a protection order. You and I both know that um, <laughs> some abusers will, com- you know, comply and some don't. It's just, it's, you know, <laughs> a lot and, of them don't. And as right? I tell a lot of people, it's 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 yes, it, in a lot of people, oh, it's just a piece of paper. It's just a, yes, it is just a piece of paper, but um, it's another tool um, that it will get you. You know, it will get the police there yes. quickly. It yeah. will give you some rights, but you know, in a lot of cases where we help people get restraining orders, we do a lot of safety planning with them. We change the locks. Sometimes we buy security cameras for their homes. Um, it depends on where they live, too, right? How mm-hmm. quickly they can get help. Um, you know, in Pittsfield, you know, it's one thing when you're talking about small rural communities where, you know, there's lots of acreage and one very small police department, mm. um, it becomes a whole different matter. And particularly in those smaller communities where people know each other so intimately, you know, it's it becomes can become a little hairy yeah Um, it's almost like you know you don't want to report it or you know you let it go on and on and on because of that 
uh, community, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, I don't want the police because I know Officer So and So is working. I'm going to be embarrassed, and you know, so it just goes. I guess it just goes on for even longer than it should. Um, yeah, and it's different for different communities, right? You know, when you look at the immigrant community and and the, language yes, barriers yes. that are there, and also the fears around um, deportation or a loss of children. You know, I mean, there's there's lots of different factors for different people. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to touch on before the break was to to talk a little bit more about you know the, the adolescence um, when it comes to you know, the social behavior, I guess, and maybe that's what's the driving force behind it. There is someone not good out there. No, no. (laughs) Winston. So what, um, you know, we see a lot, a huge, well, we have seen a huge increase in um, uh, uh, technology when it comes to um, domestic and we can call we can call it domestic abuse. I mean, these these are individuals that have relationships with each other, and they um, we've you know had an increase in sexting, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then they think it's you know just a hey we'll send a picture, but then it turns into something you know more uh, dehumanizing, uh, uh, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. demoralizing, yeah, um, because they don't realize what they're what they're doing. Right. Um, you know, it's almost like. One side knows exactly what's going on, and then the other one's just—I hate the word to use—naive. But it, it, as a yeah, adolescent, they, think, they uh, think it's private, right? Right. right. Um, Especially among so kids. you see a lot of that starting in high school, mm-hmm. middle school, where now the victims now just almost become like an outcast um, because of what they've done. Even though there are a lot of their other students have done this, but for some reason they become the fall person, you know, um, and we've seen that a lot. Yeah. So when we do uh, work in schools, we try to work with whole classes. Um, if we can, we like to work with the whole school because you're right, the peer community plays such a huge mm. role in um, how people respond, how people think. Um, so if you don't you know, you can't do it one by one, right? It has to be kind of a cultural approach. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, peer communities can be really, you know, people take sides, just like in any community. People take sides. Um, you you become kind of a focus of attention. There's mm-hmm. so much shame. It, it causes a lot of kids to really fail in school. Yeah, and, and then you start seeing it on national news, mm. you know, where... Um, you know, it's it's the victim against the you know the defendant, and you know they really demoralize the victim, their past history. You know, they just drag it out, and you can I can really understand why a lot of stuff doesn't get reported because they don't want to have to go to court, they don't want to have their name in the paper, mm-hmm. they don't want to be in the news, um, they just want to you know like I think you said it earlier, they just want the abuse to stop, right? But. It doesn't. It's not always as easy as, hey, okay, it's done, it's over with, you know, um, because of the, the uh, uh, defendant, you know, I guess you could say maybe doesn't, you know, just keeps going because the repercussions aren't harsh enough, maybe. Yeah, I don't think in these situations anything ever stops. You no, know? no, <laughs> you no. Can't just close the door. Um, and we try to, you know, talk with people about that because when incidents like that happen, there is ongoing trauma yeah. um, results from that um, that need to be dealt with. And you're right. I mean, we do not kind of make this serious enough, right? I mean, one of the things that we just kind of really struggle with all the time is when we see repeat abusers, mm. right? Yeah. The serial yeah. abusers. And we haven't gotten a way to deal with that yet, right? So I know you guys see it all the time. You know, every day. One, one person gets a restraining order against someone. You know, if you're lucky, they'll go, go out of your life, right? Leave. But they'll go on to someone else. Mm-hmm. And they'll beat that person. And you get another restraining order. Smart ones move on. Mm-hmm. You know, the serial abusers. And we, we, you know, we track abusers' name in our database. So we can tell. You know, there's certain names that when sure. we hear. Sure, sure. You know, um, and sometimes they move from area to area. 
Adams to Pittsfield. You know, Pittsfield back up to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. if they, you know, if, if really, it's that's what frustrates us in many sure. ways. It's there's, we're not holding abusers accountable for their behaviors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even when you get a protection order, you know, you get served. They violate if you can prove it. Yep. You know, they might be brought up on charges, mm-hmm. but they're not held, so you're not really protected. And in most cases, this gets the abuser angrier and angrier. And the serial right? abuser knows how to Work skirt it. around, yeah. you know, the, the, the elements of, you know, what would be considered a violation. So uh, it's 930. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, check of the weather, listen to hopefully not my voice on the um, advertisement, and uh, we'll be right back. WTBR radar weather. Here's your WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com. Greetings. Today, decreasing clouds and windy, a high of 34, with some morning snow showers. Tonight, partly cloudy, with a low of 29. Tomorrow, partly sunny, and a high of 37, with some isolated rain or snow showers. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecasts and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! Support for WTBR comes from Shire Brewhouse at the Stationery Factory in Dalton, offering music bingo on Tuesdays, trivia on Wednesdays, live comedy or music on Thursdays, and karaoke on Fridays. Find their menu online at shire.beer, located at 19 Flansburg Ave in Dalton. And from Project New Hope, where you can sponsor a military family for the holidays. To sponsor a military family or make a donation, call 413-315-3873 or visit them online at projectnewhopema.org for more details. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Support for WTBR comes from the Funky Phoenix, where they're transforming art and history. Custom woodworking, custom framing, and funky fine art and home decor. For unique and custom holiday gifts, find them online at thefunkyphoenix.com. UCP of Western Massachusetts is hiring experienced, licensed occupational, physical, and speech therapists and direct support professionals. Apply at ucpwma.org jobs. Join the agency that's reimagined independence. Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Community College. BCC provides access to higher education to everyone in Berkshire County and beyond, offering more than 50 high-quality programs, small class sizes, and an affordable education to help their students of all ages achieve their dreams. At BCC, their middle name is Community. And from County Ambulance, providing quality, professional, efficient medical care and medical transportation services to the citizens of Berkshire County. Online at countyamb.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, this is the second half of our program. Um, we're here with Janice Broderick, Executive Director with the Elizabeth Freeman Center. Again, you're listening to Officer Darren Derby, uh, sitting in for the Chief, and Lieutenant Gary Traversa. Um, you can always reach out to us and um, shoot us some messages or questions that you have on our Facebook page, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh I think that's all we have at this point. But um, so, Lieutenant, uh, what do you got? Yeah. Well, before uh, you know, we get into the second half here. I didn't really want to interject too much in the the first half. You guys had a real great conversation going. I didn't want to interrupt any of the flow. I just had a question for um, Janice. That I think might be helpful for viewers and listeners who are wondering about you know the um, advocacy in the schools that you mentioned. Um, how how does that work? Um, you know, wh- where have you been doing that? How might a school department or, you know, a principal, how might they reach out to, um, you know, get that going if they were interested in in that program? Yeah, they could. All right. 
Yeah, something. Did you turn off the wrong mic, Gary? I did. Okay, there you go. Am Start. I back? There you I'm are. Back. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> we only got force in here. Yep. <laughs> so, um, principals or school staff can call us. Currently, uh, we have a youth educator staff of four. We cover the county. We do a lot of our kind of like original school where we did a lot of work and still do work is Lee Middle and High School. Um, we do a lot of work in North County in Pittsfield. Um, we actually have a new grant to work with Taconic High School in particular. Um, we're kind of piloting a pro program in partnership with Taconic and uh, Live Out Loud Youth Group at 18 Degrees to um, kind of pioneer programming that is more responsive and relatable for kids of color and for LGBTQ kids. So we're in the process of doing that now. But we've been in Pittsfield High School, we've been in Taconic for different years, Wakona, and we can offer a number of different things. We, we don't like to do one-shots, I will say, because I think one-shot workshops don't do mm. anything All except right. kind of say who we are, which isn't, you know, has value. Um, but so we like to do a series. So yeah. we can do a healthy relationship kind of educational series. We do sex education. Um, and uh, kind of anti-bias. Our, our educator staff is, is pretty adept at that. Uh, we've been doing that with staff at different schools, including like Mount Greylock and, and Drury. Um, so we're adaptable, but we do like to do programming. So we do a lot of work around um, with boys um, and how to be a healthy man. Mm -hmm. Um, we've kind of adapted that for girls and how to, you know, be an assertive girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, we have a lot of different things that we can do. And, uh, yeah, people should call us and I will get in, in touch with Reggie Wingo, who's been doing this work. Um, I've been there 13 years, 12 years. Hmm. So, and okay. he's, he's well respected throughout the state as a youth educator. And they're very young and hip and kids really like yeah, you working have to with be. Them. you know and like you know like you said you have to be you know similar to you know adults you have to be relatable but when it comes to the to our youth and adolescents um you know even as good of a relationship that i think i have with a lot of our youth in the community when you go into a school it's totally different yeah you know they can't talk to you because you know you're you know you're officer derby and you can't don't talk to him don't talk to him and then you'll see him around the corner and they'll be like hey officer derby i'm like I don't even ask anymore. I don't even say, like, why did you diss me back there? But now oh. I understand it, you know. So, so when it comes to that, you know, especially when it comes to domestic violence uh, or just mental, physical abuse when it, with the teens, it's a delicate subject. And it's a delicate, um, a, I guess you got to have a delicate approach because the last thing they want to do is be seen talking to a domestic abuse, I guess, advocate or counselor at the school, in front of people, you know, um, they don't want to be embarrassed. And, you know, how do you approach that? You know, I, we haven't found that. In fact, we do do counseling in schools, mm -hmm. you know, with kids. Um, all right. So you have that experience walking through the hallway. Yeah. When I th walk through the hallway with Reggie, uh, you know, all the kids are going, hey, Reg. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Kids are waving out the bus saying, hey, Reggie. Um, and um, they use like, like, Lots of different tools. So they're very real. Kids always call them real. Um, but they also um, have this box that they bring from school to school. And kids mm. can put questions in it or concerns in it anonymously. Like anonymous, yep, yep. Um, I like that. They will have kids, you know, reach out to them directly saying, I have a problem. They seem very accessible and kids seem very... Um, That's great. Um willing to reach out to them and that you know that's why they're doing what they're doing you know yeah because they're good at it that's 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 amazing you know i'll call i'll, I'll cough up my um you don't wear inner, this listen <laughs> that's the problem see that's the problem it's the it. uniform so you know there <laughs> you know you walk in and, and anybody i guess you have that authoritative uh <laughs> ability and look and you know i i i will have to change that so yeah <laughs> Winston's been helping you out. Yeah, there, right? yeah, Winston is. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping all the time. <laughs> like now. Yep. So you also to be at the uh in the first half of the show you touched on, you know, you brought up the funding there and yep. how that has um you know, that that 
phrase has come about in the last couple of years and how programs and nonprofits um, and other social service agencies, and a lot of them which we've had on the show here the last few months. I mean, we've had on um, Gladys Allen uh, Center. We've had on the Boys and Girls Club, um, the school department, um, you know, a, a number of, uh, you know, agencies and programs uh, throughout the city and, and that serve the city and the county, you know, and, and obviously Elizabeth Freeman is is one of them. But when I, I think that what point kind of gets lost in translation is that, yes, these programs may be more appropriate for some of the social issues that police departments respond to, but they have to be put in place and there has to be an impact before we can all of a sudden take funding away from essentially um, the only resource that these people may have until that's in place, which and it, and it's frustrating, you know, from I think the 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 police side of it because if and I think Pittsfield is an exception is because we have not necessarily lost funding, you know, little little bit here and there the last couple of years, but not enough to, to severely affect what we have been doing. But there are departments out there that have been cut, you know, tremendously. And um, it, it's a disservice to the community unless they have those programs in place to be able to respond. Because all it does is makes it harder for those callers because now if those programs aren't in place or, or those other services aren't in place, they're only asking more of a depleted department. So, um, you know, I, I think I speak for everybody in, you know, at least uh, in my circle here in, in Pittsfield, in Berkshire County, that, um, yeah, these other programs are very helpful. And we've, we've instituted some of them, and we have... You know Kelly working, uh, you mm -hmm. know, from your your um, organization out of the department. We, you know, we've grown our co-responder uh, out of the Breen Center. Mm -hmm. They've all been very helpful, and and the officers that respond with these folks, it's it's a great tool, and they are very helpful. Um, and you know, maybe it'll grow to a point where. You know, it can reduce our call for service, but until that point, um, you know, police services need to be maintained. So that, that's just my little observation on, you know, th that how, 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 yes, policing is changing and it's evolving, um, but we have to be careful in, in how, um, you know, that's brought about. So, um well, I think, you know, you said it right, that without those proper programs in place, okay, well, now you, you know, you don't have what a lot of these families relied on for however many years. And now when we say, I'm sorry, we don't respond to that, or, yeah, we, we can't respond to that, what are you going to do? So, you know, I think that's, that's extremely important. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm a huge advocate for, you know, reallocating funds, just doing it on a simultaneous um, path, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah well, I, I've always thought that this country has enough money to, <laughs> to allocate those funds to those services yeah. anyway. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah, uh, you would think so, right? But it, but it hasn't. It's made choices. I mean, I think we all want to have good services, right, that um, all people feel comfortable with. We have a long way to go in this country with our bias and you know norms um all around so um i will say you know we appreciate when the pittsfield police respond to us um to our shelter to our um office um our work is not without danger at times and our clients live in danger mm. so um, so I guess, I guess uh, Gary, um, we'll just um, maybe give it to Janice um, for the you know, last little bit that we have and touch on some things that you wanted to touch on that we haven't gotten to. So, 
Well, we should talk a little bit about our joint program, right? Um, I think we've had our civilian advocate program, which is a partnership between Elizabeth Freeman Center and the Pittsfield Police Department for uh, quite a while. I want to say 10 years. Yeah. Um, And that's a program where um, the, when the Pittsfield Police receive um, calls or make arrests um, or have concerns about um, domestic violence incidents within the city, um, we have a domestic violence liaison, which is Cheryl Callahan, Sergeant Cheryl Callahan. She's been doing this for the entire time yeah. of this program, we'll give those referrals and work with a counselor advocate from Elizabeth Freeman Center. And by kind of combining that, we can combine the kind of immediate response of the Pittsfield Police Department with kind of ongoing um, safety services through Elizabeth Freeman Center. Because one of the things that you were talking about before uh, was the frustration of going to the house over and over again, not knowing what you were going to encounter, right? And there not being a whole lot of options. So this provides a more immediate kind of um, response by us um, to people we may not see otherwise. Um, I tell you, what I like is when we go to calls, not that I like going to that, but when we go to the calls and we're speaking to whoever the victim is and they're saying, you know, I, I... I just spoke to so-and-so from the Elizabeth Freeman Center or, you know, and it could be the weekend. Um, you know, I just, I, I talked to my advocate. Oh, wh- who's your advocate? Oh, she works at the Elizabeth Freeman Center. Oh, okay, great. Um, you're, you're on the phone with, yeah, yeah, I just talked to her. She's going to see if she can get me a hotel or a voucher to get there. Um, and that is huge. And I've been seeing that more um, than I have in the past, I guess. Um, and we find that super, super helpful. Um do I think it, we could use a lot more of it? Absolutely, right? Right. I mean, we could use a lot more of every service. Yeah. Um, especially when you know we, as the police, we don't have the capabilities, we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the training, the education on how to really deal with that at the moment, other than either arrest or say, "Hey, knock it off," and we leave. Um, Which was the old way, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You'd have a cooling out period, yeah, and then yeah. Well, that that actually may sometimes still takes mm-hmm. place when there's there's no violent act. You know, if yeah. it's, if it's just an argument, then it's still very subjective. But at least with you know having you know this this arrangement, we can now refer. Even though it's maybe just an argument, we can refer that to. To Kelly yeah. and Cheryl to to follow up and say, okay, now that things are calmed down, you know, how did that turn out? Or, you know, just a reminder to say, hey, you know, it's a police response isn't your only avenue. You know, the, and, and that ex- may, I would imagine in some cases that it may expose somebody to the the um, option of the Elizabeth Freeman for the first time. It really does. I mean, I think uh, referrals from police departments and the courts are are. Um, often when we see people for the first time. So, I mean, what the beauty of this program is, is that obviously neither one of us can do this work alone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, no one can do this work alone. Um, And so when you all respond and give that referral to us, we can follow, we follow up, even though the person hasn't called us, we will follow up and kind of talk about the situation, talk about you know what we can offer and you know sometimes people want to talk more sometimes they're they don't they may not be ready or they may not think it's an issue um but you you give us like 800 referrals a year (laughs) and i will say like well over 250 I think over 500 of those kind of engage with us in some sense. So Kelly will do the kind of immediate engagement kind of work, and then we will assign them, you know, people, an ongoing counselor to work with. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I I know I'm not the only officer that that can attest to this, but, you know, even if they're not involved with the Elizabeth Freeman Center and I'm at a domestic abuse, I call Kelly. You know, if it's something severe where I believe that, you know, that there's no other option uh, at the moment, um, I'll call Kelly. 
Um, sometimes she answers, most of the time she answers, and if she's not working, she'll call me right back and say, hey, this is the on-call person, call them. And within like a half hour, we have a hotel room, yeah. um, You know, we have a voucher to get there if we can't bring them there. Um, and I think that's, that is, um, that, that's possibly one of our biggest tools that we have uh, for domestic violence that I think a lot of other departments may not have access to because they don't have that relationship I guess yeah no you uh, when you have this kind of program together this partnership I think um, you become more aware of the 24-7 services that we yeah. both offer right um, so you do I, I, I do the reports um, I see you know increasing number of calls to our hotline by by all you know all times mm-hmm. you know, weekends evenings um, when Kelly's not working, you just happen to be lucky that Kelly also does every other week of yeah. physical response. Yeah, <laughs> and she's usually pretty good at answering my phone call because she knows I'm not just calling to say, "Hey, do you want to have uh, lunch?" <laughs> yeah, Kelly, Kelly works really, really hard. Um, yeah, and we do motel people when we can't bring them into shelter. Um, we motel when we don't have real urgent safety concerns. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, if if someone has a medical emergency or someone is having, you know, like active substance abuse issues or if there's really danger, you know, like we're really worried that they're being actively stalked then, um, we will try to bring them into our, sh- our shelter mm. For, mm. for more security. But we do motel. Um, and yeah, you guys know about it. Other folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great parenting. Um, so we, we have a few minutes left. Um, do you want to touch on uh, any fundraising coming up? Um, anything that we may have not got that we can get in the next ten minutes? Well, I just i I would like to just um, talk a little bit about COVID. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and I think you have been seeing it, but we've saw a huge increase in calls. I think our hotline calls during the twenty month. Of of COVID went up 83% to be exact. Wow. Um, and our That's cost of motel has gone up like 80%. Um, and the cases are much more dangerous. Um, you know, and you're right, when people are kind of isolated in their homes, you know, especially when the schools were closed and daycares were closed. And people, are were work. closed yeah. people are out of work. People are out of work. You know, the danger really escalated. But I just want to emphasize that, you know, anyone with some concern should call us. Uh, Folks in Pittsfield can just call our main number. Um, You can call any of our office numbers um, and reach our hotline 24-7, and um, we can talk. Um, And I guess I would also just like to say in terms of fundraising, I will, you know, our costs really increased during COVID, but we made it through because of the community. I mean... Uh, community members just really stepped up and supported us and I just want to thank everyone for that um, we did the rise together yep. walks this yep. year and that and was so that took and that took place of walking their shoes or yeah okay we kind of okay. evolved we yep. grew <laughs> yep yep um, right but it was it was it was incredibly successful and a lot of people came out um, a lot of partners came forward it was bigger you know even though we didn't have the big walk in Pittsfield mm-hmm. actually I will say the smaller communities really liked the local walks because they <laughs> yeah yeah because they felt as though hey it's you know it's our community doing their their part. right yeah right and uh, right now obviously we're doing our annual year-end annual appeal and we're hoping that people will step up now are these uh, mail outs is it social media blasts uh, yeah We've been getting more savvy with social media. Yeah, that, that you have to. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Yeah. Especially during COVID. In fact, yeah. I think this is my first in-person uh, TV show. Um, you, have, you have to have one of those, you know, you have to have a, somebody that's in the younger generation that knows how to work the social media, understands all the, you know, the algorithms and Yeah, it is not and, me. It is not me. <laughs> so. so how can people donate? Um, they can go online and right on our website there's a donate button um, you can go on Facebook and see what we've been up to mm-hmm. um, and I think we have some posts there um, and um, yeah our, our website and our Facebook we also have Instagram that people can go on and we've been trying to be very active because different people use different forms of communication yeah, yeah. but our, on our website you can also see kind of the services that we provide and there is an escape button if um, 
people need to get off that site quickly. Hmm. So, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, understandable, but that's interesting that you you have that ability to, you know, however it, however it works. Yeah. Uh, to click it and just. You can mail a check. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Come to our office. Do it's open still do and handed. Anymore? Yeah, yes, and we like you know, <laughs> especially when they're larger because you know all these online platforms yeah, charge yeah, fees. Yeah, we are bare yeah, bones. We yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. So, so speaking of your office, I don't think that we mentioned this um, at all. You mentioned that you were embedded with the Pittsfield and Adams Police Department, but you have offices in Great Barrington. North, North Adams and Pittsfield, and right? Pittsfield. And yeah. in Pittsfield, it's right on Fran- Francis Avenue. Yep. Um, yeah, one of the biggest buildings that sits on top of the hill that yeah. has a, an amazing view. Yes, a big, very old yeah. building. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> just just want to make sure people knew WTBR is a uh, stronger signal now, so we're getting <laughs> further further north and further south. So, <laughs> uh, Where's the office in North Adams? Um, it's at 61 Main Street, right across from the Community Coalition office. Oh, and the okay. one in Great Barrington is at 168 Main Street. It's right in the H&R building. So both very accessible, yeah, so um, we, you know, we centralized. are always near a bus line. And we do provide transportation for those who need it to get to our office. And, you know, I want to say also, again, we provide safe phones. So, you know, technology mm-hmm. is a incredible thing. Now, where do your safe phones come from? Is that a grant? Is that a separate company? No, mostly through fundraising. Okay. Um, and Are you taking any used phones? Are you doing that anymore? I know they used to you know, through they, the DA's office. I know. And they, Verizon really doesn't do that anymore. Gotcha. But we leave safe phones at Pittsfield Police Department okay. um, and, and different locations like hospitals. And, and those are just like temporary phones until we, you get them situated or... Yeah. 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 It, it's intended to be to be temporary. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we just want people to be able to call us without being yep. tracked. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are we? Well, we still got three minutes. Oh. <laughs> we still got three minutes, so. Oh. Was, you can get out whatever you got to get out. Contemplating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. How many staff do you have there? Oh, we have about 60 staff. A lot in wow. shelter, you know, because sure. it's 24-7. Yeah. Um, but we've been growing. I mean, really, we, we, we hustle. When Gary was talking about grants, we have about 35, 40 grants that we deal with. Wow. Um, and that's a lot of... Writing. You know, hours. Reporting. You know, I... Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you have to report all the numbers. You have to... It's not just simply apply for it, get it, and use it the way you want. Yeah. No, but, but you know, they keep us going, and they let us let us do more. So they're real important. We hustle for grants. Yeah. Um, we're writing a couple right now to try to expand uh, transitional housing, because that's been just, you know... An amazing tool to... I, I usually don't like transitional housing because it's temporary. We know mm. that, you know, um, a lot of times people fall off a cliff. But you can use it to help people, support people while they're going to school to increase mm-hmm. their income. Mm-hmm. And then it really does make a difference. So we're, so we're doing stuff like that. But, yeah, we have a lot of grants. Um, we try to spread ourselves out so people know who we are. We have a lot of partnerships, you know. Again, I always say we can't do this work alone. We, you know, shouldn't be doing this work alone. It's way too big and involves um, every aspect of our lives, you know. I mean, people sometimes don't think about it economically, but um, employer surveys say that domestic violence accounts for 25% of their employee loss. And we hear from employers who know us about situations in their company um, where they're, you know, worried about losing a good employee. Um, so it's, yeah. Well, hopefully, um, you know, we've given our listeners and followers uh, some great information. Uh, maybe they learned something new, even if they already knew about the Elizabeth Freeman Center. Um, that was our whole goal today. Um, we will have a, a segment uh, in the near future, uh, hopefully with uh, Sergeant Callahan and Kelly to come on and, and uh, we're excited about that. And, um, you know, we are, you know, always excited to uh, promote, you know, other organizations within our community um, that serve a vast majority of this county, uh, especially. Um, and then, 
you know, it's it's important to get the word out, and I think we did that today. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to the whole thing, you can listen again on WTBR 89.7 FM, uh, their webpage. Uh, I think they you can get on it on their Facebook page, but you can always live stream as well. So uh, we're out of time, Gary. That's it. That's it. Great show, Jaron. Well, thank you both. <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Happy December.